Hello everyone and welcome to the Banter Roundtable podcast. This is your host, Ben Cohen. And I'm Bob Seska. And I'm Justin Rosario. The Banter Roundtable podcast is brought to you by the Banter Newsletter. We rely on our generous subscribers to keep going, so please support us by signing up for a Banter membership today. You can get a 50% discount when you join the community and you'll get access to all our premium articles and locked archive. You will also be supporting independent, responsible media at a crucial time when our democracy is in peril. Your support is greatly appreciated. Hey everybody and welcome to episode 24 of the Banter Roundtable podcast. Bob and Justin, good morning. How are you? Hey, good morning, Good morning. Uh, yes, I've just got back from the UK, so I'm fairly jet-lagged, and uh, I've had a nice little break from American politics, which has been uh, uh, it's been good, I have to and say. And your accent is thicker now. Well, is that right? No, yeah. I'm kidding. Uh. Oh, okay. okay. They almost didn't <laughs> let me in when I came, when I, when I came back. They, the immigration was kind of mean to me, so I almost didn't... I almost didn't get back into the country. So, uh, but anyway, I'm here, everybody. I'm sure you're all very pleased. I'm, I'm back. How many street fights did you get into while you were there? Oh, loads, loads, Justin. I'm uh, <laughs> fighting in the street. Got out as soon as I got out of Heathrow Airport. I started kicking off. <laughs> many punch ups as I could. Uh, anyway, everybody, we have a really good show for you today. We are going to be discussing the fact that Kevin McCarthy is a big fat liar. We are going to be talking about the Florida Disney Bill. We're also doing a deep dive into the pieces that we wrote this week on the banter. Uh, that includes Justin's fantastic piece on how uh, jo- uh, Republicans are learning from Vladimir Putin on how to use inflammatory language to dehumanize people. We're going to be talking about my article where um, I discuss the fact that centrism is the only thing that's going to save humanity. And in the members section, we're going to do a bit of a deep dive into Bob's uh, very interesting piece on testosterone and why you should not nuke your balls uh, and what you can do <laughs> instead if you want to raise your testosterone level. So it's a really interesting piece that Bob wrote. And uh, But anyway, we're going to keep that in the member section due to the sensitive nature of the topic. And uh, we don't want anybody nuking their balls either. So um, Very sensitive. Yeah. <laughs> so the big, new, the big story this week, Kevin McCarthy is a big fat liar um this was uh well is it surprising that kevin mccarthy is a big fat liar uh, no no not no, lately no, absolutely really. spineless so the on thursday the new york times um said that it came out with a report that uh, he told other lawmakers he would call on on then president donald trump to resign in the days after the january 6 coup um which had been carried out by Trump supporters. But the audio released shortly after afterwards by the New York Times showed otherwise. So this was uh, quite extraordinary. Uh, uh, McCarthy was quoted as saying, the only discussion I would have with him is that I think, uh, quote, impeachment will pass and they would only, it would be my recommendation you resign. He's also said that he think that Trump, uh, he didn't think Trump would take his advice, but I don't know. The uh, the Times article, which was reported by Alexander Burns and Jonathan Martin, was based on passages in their new book, This Will Not Pass. In a statement earlier in the day, McCarthy called the report totally false and wrong, and his spokesperson told the Times that McCarthy never said he'd called Trump to say he should resign. 
So um, we actually have the audio here I'm going to play. This is the audio uh, obtain, obtained by Burns and Martin. Liz, you on the phone? Yeah, I'm here. Thanks, Kevin. Um, I guess there's a question. When, when we were talking about the 25th Amendment resolution, um, yeah. and you asked if, if, you know, what happens if it gets there after he's gone, is, is there any chance, are you hearing, that he might resign? Is there any reason to think that might happen? I've had some few discussions. My gut tells me no. Um, I'm seriously thinking of having that conversation with him tonight. I haven't talked to him in a couple of days. Um, from what I know of him, I mean, you guys all know him too. Do you think he'd ever back away? But what what I think I'm going to do is I'm going to call him. My This, this is what I think. Um, no one will pass the house. I think there's a chance he'll pass the Senate even when he's gone. Um, and I think there's a lot of different ramifications for that. Okay. So that's not what he told the Times, though. Yeah, no, earlier in the day, he told the Times that their story was completely false. <laughs> and, uh, and then Jonathan Martin dropped the tape on the Meadow Show. And there are other tapes. There are many more tapes. And he's deliberately, the reporters are deliberately withholding those tapes uh, to probably trap Kevin McCarthy in more lies, I assume. But uh, it, it's an amazing thing to behold because what Kevin McCarthy is saying to Liz Cheney and a bunch of other Republicans just happened to be that Liz Cheney was the most conversant at that point. There were other Republicans on this call, and what uh, McCarthy was saying was essentially, we're going to use a 25th Amendment resolution, which will most likely pass through Congress, in order to pressure Donald Trump to resign. And this is January 10th, this is four days after the insurrection. So this is a big deal, uh, because not only does this expose Kevin McCarthy as a liar, and maybe even perjuring himself. I don't know what he's told the various investigative bodies so far, but uh, this has absolutely caught him in a lie about this. Plus, it has shown him to be uh, disloyal to the Trump mob, so to speak. So I imagine the MAGA people, if they believe this story at all, which they probably won't in spite of the tape, uh, if they do it's, believe it's it, deep they'll fake. probably deep fake, I tell yeah. you. Yeah, they'll probably... Uh, say that uh, uh, Kevin McCarthy is a traitor to the uh, MAGA agenda or whatever the hell they're calling it. Yeah, so what's the rum? Do you think there'll be any ramifications on this? Is yeah, I don't think Kevin McCarthy's going to be speaker next year, which is actually, I mean, you know, if the Republicans win uh, majorities in the midterms, uh, that's the big asterisk. But if they do, uh, that's my new concern. Um, Rick Wilson had a tweet uh, thread that he posted last night after all this went down. And he made a really good point, which is that Kevin McCarthy has basically pitched himself to the Republican donors as being the guy who can hold the crazy uh, Trump faction at bay, like keep them, you know, in their cage, so to speak. He's done a mm. horrible job at that, by the way, because <laughs> he's kind of become one yes. himself. Yeah, but at the same time, <laughs> yeah, but you get rid of Kevin McCarthy. And who's next in line to be uh, the potential Republican speaker, or at the very least, the leader of the Republican caucus on the House side? And Rick Wilson thinks it's going to be Jim Jordan. 
And if it's Jim Jordan, it's going to be, oh, my God, show trials, impeachment palooza. It's going to be, you know, investigations of critical race theory and Black Lives Matter. Republicans right now are all about the culture war and beating the, the nation into submission so that we accept their twisted, racist, backwards, throwback, Neanderthal, uh, you know, ideas and, and nonsense. So, yeah, this is uh, encouraging right now from a, the perspective of justice and from the perspective of learning what actually went on around that insurrection. But I'm concerned about the long term ramifications of this. Yeah, And, well, and even even aside from that, the problem that we're looking at is that even when Republicans know, absolutely know that something had to be done, they couldn't do it because they're afraid of their voters. Not even Trump. It's not, I mean, it's Trump. Yes. But they're so afraid of their own voters that they can't do what they know they have to do because they know their voters will absolutely destroy them if not literally come and kill them for doing it so where does that leave us yeah yeah bad um no no <laughs> i'm just trying to imagine jim jordan having a more prominent role in in uh and it's making me yeah this is i'm Terrifying. Yeah, that he, guy is so goddamn compromised. Can you imagine what it'd be like if they gave him power? He, th- there would be so many people that would be able to manipulate him. It would be insane. Yeah. Terrifying. Um, all right, next piece: the uh, Florida Disney legislation. So, can somebody explain this to me, please? Because I've been out of the country and I've tried to keep away from this topic as much as I can. Um, <laughs> just needed some peace and I quiet. Just, I can't, yeah, it's just, please, do we, are we really doing this? Uh, are they doing this to Disney? Are they making a, uh, this is all. Well, yes, yes and no. Okay, all right, okay. so th- this, is, this, Justin, is, th- this is what's happening. All right, I'm going to read this straight from the Washington Post. Earlier this week, the governor issued a proclamation calling for the repeal of a 1967 deal that allowed the company to become its own local government on a 40-square-mile property that Walt Disney bought earlier that decade. The Reedy Creek Improvement District allows Disney to bypass local building ordinances and some other rules and also made it responsible for public services such as fire, rescue, sewage treatment, and road maintenance. So basically, they're they're their own government within Florida. And the Florida legislature said, okay, because they kowtow to DeSantis the same way the rest of the Republican Party kowtows to Trump, right? Because he's pretty much... DeSantis is trying to be a little mini Trump because he wants to be president someday. So they went ahead and did this. And now the ramifications for that, if they go ahead and actually do this, are hugely damaging um, for Florida and the the areas around it. Um, I'm going to read this from another post. Essentially, Disney will lose some control of its property and get a $163 million per year tax break because they're no longer the government, so they don't have to pay for all of this stuff. And a $1 billion worth of debt passed on to taxpayers, because again, Disney's no longer in control. And if it's not if it's not in their control, well, then they're not responsible for the debt accrued. Some things will be negotiated. Disney still controls Bay Lake and Lake Buena Vista, two actual towns within um, 
the Reedy Creek, whatever. Um, lawmakers might backtrack what's planned during the next session, blah, 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 not to realize what they're doing. Um, but all that money gets passed on to the local area, towns within that area. And those are not particularly rich areas. They have to pay for all of that. But this isn't supposed to take um, go into effect until after the election. Surprise, surprise. And this gives them enough time for them to say, oh, yeah, we passed this, and then quietly make it go away. Because after the election, no one's going to care anymore. Right? They're not going to be paying attention. So Ron DeSantis could run on, I stuck it to Disney, and after the election, it just quietly goes away. Because they don't really want to do this. They want to be seen doing it, but not actually doing it because this would be hugely damaging to Florida itself. Yeah, of course. So, I mean, you know, this is the their... Reason, isn't that the only reason why people go to Florida? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, Disney's still going to be there. Disney can clearly, you know, take the loss. It's not going to hurt them. They're like a multi-multi-billion dollar company, and yeah. it's a tax break for them. But the thing with this is, I mean, the, the larger story of this is that Republicans abusing the power of government to punish companies that yeah. go against their political agenda, which is wow. a direct assault on the First Amendment. Like a straight up attack on the First Amendment. That's not it's not even a subtle attack on the First Amendment. And they're just doing it out in the open. This is like when Republicans were threatening companies, you know, if you will remember when we take control of the House, it's like, okay, that's called an attack on the First Amendment. You can't threaten people to do that. And they're doing it anyway because they know if they really push it and it goes to the Supreme Court, Supreme Court is almost certainly gonna say, First Amendment. I don't know what that is. Go right ahead and keep doing that. And that's a huge problem. I don't know. Is that in conflict with Citizens United, though? Because yeah. if Disney is engaged in political speech, that's protected now. I mean, that was codified in the Citizens United. I mean, that was specific to also uh, campaign donations. But what it did effectively was grant corporations speech rights as corporate persons and so disney is just engaging in its free speech rights and right but then you but you have to remember this is a this is a supreme court that has no interest whatsoever in appear in any kind of appearance of precedent of consistency yeah okay i mean they, they remember just just a couple like a couple like a, a couple of months ago they gave a ruling saying we can't tamper with election rules because it's too close to an election and then a couple of weeks later saying they said the same exact opposite, saying, oh, no, no, you have to switch these because one benefited Democrats and one benefited Republicans. And they gave two opposite rulings. You know, it's like it, this was too close to the election. It would have benefited Democrats. We can't do it. Mm -hmm. This one's close to the, close, closer to the same election. It's closer to the same election date, but it disadvantages Republicans. So you have to go ahead and change it. So it advantages Republicans. They don't care. They do not care. Yeah. They will happily say corporations have free speech, except when it comes to cr where it crosses Republicans, in which case mm -hmm. Republicans can punish them. They're allowed to do that. That's how oh. it works now, because we said so. That's the Supreme Court. I can absolutely see them up, up, upholding this with a big smile on their face. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, wow. Um, I mean, this is 
do you think so Ron DeSantis is is he's behind this as well right he he oh yeah 100 yeah, percent. he's big into this isn't he this guy's gearing up for presidency this guy really he really is you, yeah, you, him, him, and Abbott. Like I, I wrote a couple of weeks ago, they're they're like running the douchebag Olympics. Yeah, <laughs> which one big... of them could be more of an asshole? Yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's it. That's you. Just the more you troll liberals and stick it to the libs, the more popular they're going to be. And this is part of part of their their sort of tactic, their strategies to do that. Yeah, mm-hmm. Abbott must be super pissed off. It's like, how come I don't have a Disney that I can go after? He must be thinking, I wonder if I could repeal anti lynching laws. Hmm, I wonder. <laughs> he has to be trying to think of something to one up DeSantis. Yeah. Speaking speaking of which, Justin, should we should we discuss your your piece this week, which I found very um, which I found fascinating. Well, if you want to get a little bit darker, sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it wasn't it doesn't actually make pleasant reading, but <clears throat> the 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 article was about um, the the lessons that Republicans are taking basically from the Russians from Vladimir Putin. And I think there's look. We don't need to rehash the article itself, but to talk about the major theme here, which is this um, this trend that you're seeing on the right of, and it's a very specific slur that they're using. Where they're calling everybody pedophiles. Anybody who's an enemy becomes a pedophile, right? So in in, in mm-hmm. Vladimir Putin is in Russia, you call him a Nazi. If you're a Republican, you just accuse the the left of of uh, endorsing pedophilia, right? And 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 is a, there's a specific reason they don't call us Nazis, right? It because it doesn't work. You can't call a group of Jews, black people, Latinos, Asians. You can't call us Nazis because that shit doesn't make any sense, right? It it, it doesn't work. Nazis are very specific. Um, a very specific reference with a very specific meaning to it, and, and, and I mean they, they they say it every now and then, but it doesn't it doesn't stick and it doesn't work, right? Nazis are white Aryan white nationalists who hate everyone who's not a white person of a specific kind, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So they can't use that as a slur against the left. We're we're too diverse, right? And that's that works in Russia. Because the people they tend to be going after tend not tend to look like them, right? So they can use that in Ukraine because Ukrainians are white people. So you can call them Nazis, and that works um, for propaganda purposes. So here, the next best thing is going to be pedophiles, because everybody hates a pedophile. You you can do anything you want to a pedophile, and that's the point, right? If I mean it's it's just another version of the blood libel against Jews. And for our listening audience, if you are not familiar with that, if, if you're not Jewish, the blood libel is just an ancient slur used against Jews, where they made up this entire story about how Jewish people use and I, I'm not making this up, use the blood of unbaptized Christian children in their rituals in Jewish rituals and blah, blah, blah. And they murdered those children. They sacrificed them, et cetera, et cetera. And the point of that was, is so it justified their hatred of Jews. And then they can go out and with a clean conscience, kill all the Jews in their, in their local town or city or whatever, and take their property because you can't do that unless you have some kind of justification because you're a good Christian. 
You're supposed to love your neighbor. You can't just go out and randomly kill people. You have to have a justification. So they made one, and that was the blood libel. Now you have to update it for the modern age, and they've used it against the entire left wing. We are pedophiles. We sexually assault children. We're groomers. We're getting ready to sexually assault children. They've yeah, been- because look, that, that's one of the one of the things I'm seeing about the the uh, the whole so the whole kind of trans thing, right? The whole um, obsession with with the trans stuff on on the right. I mean, look, like you know, look, I'm not lockstep with with the the left on a on a on a lot of these issues about um you know gender identity and stuff like that. I mean, I'm pr- pretty much there. But I, there are there's some nuance, you know. I, I don't I don't agree 100 percent with everything that, that that they they say, but I don't also think uh, the the issue, you know, for example, like you know about tr- trans athletes competing with women. I think that there's a debate to be had there, right? I think that that's not clear cut, and that that should be that can be debated. But what's happening on the right is that they're using this. Right, they use it um, as a sort of a, a way to um, smear the left and say, "Look, what they're doing! They're trying to turn all of our children into into uh, you know trans transsexual, you know hermaphrodites. Uh, they're trying to teach <laughs> them about um, they're trying to teach them about uh, about sex. They're trying to sexualize our. Tucker Carlson's been doing this." you know, saying they're sexualizing our children and all this kind of stuff, right? Uh, from a very early age. But what yeah, they're it's just really it's a moral saying, panic. Yes. What they're really doing is they're basically saying the left are basically pedophiles. If you look the subtext is 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 quite clear. Uh and, and I think that that's quite scary because it doesn't necessarily have to be said. I mean Marjorie Taylor Greene is stupid, right? So she'll say it, she'll just say it. You know, they'll, mm. she'll say things out loud. They're, they're all pedophiles, you know. Um, <clears throat> even though her best buddy is pr- literally a pedophile, Matt Gates is actually he's actually probably a pedophile. Um, <laughs> but but you know, so so this is what. But the rest of them, you know, Tucker Carlson, I think is, is, is he, again, he's very very dangerous with this kind of stuff, where he does a lot of insinuation. But the result is the same. Again, you're right. It's this sort of dehumanization of the left where you can just turn them into into anything when it's attacking the children. Oh, the children, the children, the children, you know? Um, because who could who can't oppose that? Everybody has to oppose that. And I think that's how the conspiracy theorists, you know, the vaccine stuff, um, have noticed similar tactics with the anti-vaxxers when they start talking about you know, it's not about just about me. They want to vax our children now. They're coming after the children, and you're like, well, yeah, they've they we've been vaccinating children for like 150 years. You know, what the fuck are you talking about? Like coming for the children? Children are at risk too from disease, but as soon as you say they're coming for the children, it it brings a whole new, you know, that's how the whole kind of autism stuff has has kicked off as well. Oh, don't um, even get me started. <laughs> right, right, but it's but it, you're talking about you use children as a kind of a it's like a sort of a rallying point for your for your whatever it is you're trying to trying to do, and the Republicans are doing this. They're bringing up that they bring up the children 
you know, it's more and more and more. And I hadn't really clocked onto it. I hadn't really, you, you know, your article kind of lays it out very, very effectively, very clearly in, in, in how that's being used to dehumanize the left, basically. You know, how you use the, the smear of paedophile to, um, you, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. Well, yeah. Like, and and the, the thing that worries you the most is if, if Trump gets back in, he'll be, I mean, if he if he gets back in, he's absolutely going to weaponize the Department of Justice this time, like immediately, and oh, yeah. they're going to start finding pedophiles everywhere. That's how Putin got into power. Rachel Maddow went into it on Monday. Um, she yeah. just went into this whole thing about how Putin got into power. He just found pedophiles. All his opponents turned out to be pedophiles, which was miraculous. No one believed it, but they didn't have to. No one actually had to believe it. He just had to find evidence, quote unquote, evidence. And that was the end of them. That was their story. And he just cleared them off the board one by one. And there's, there'll be nothing to stop them from doing it this time. Yeah, I think it's frightening. And I think it's worth paying more attention to this about, about the, the language being used by the right. Very, you know, and, it, and it's kind of escalating. And uh, you uh, you think you're right that this could then lead to it does is what happens it leads to violence so you know always right when you start dehumanizing people like that you you can whip them up into that I mean you know look the, the, the Trump supporters you know they did resort to violence January six they were convinced that you know the QAnon people it's already happened I mean that guy attacked the pizza shop Comet Pizza Shop in D.C. where a guy went down with you know to rescue to rescue children from pedophiles in a flipping pizza shop in a pizza restaurant and he believed yeah, it and, yeah and the thing the thing to, the thing to pay attention to the th- the way the way you know that this is being politicized is that all the people who jump up and down and scream about protecting children protecting children never ever have anything to say about the like ongoing series of republican pedophiles i mean it's like every other day there's another republican getting arrested for child porn soliciting sex from a child actually there's just one after the other over and over and over and over and over and they never say anything about it there's no outrage whatsoever what does that tell you they don't they don't really care about protecting the children they care about weaponizing it against the left and right. that's dangerous. That is, yeah, it's yes. all about it's a different version of what they did last year in Virginia with CRT. It's all about scaring the shit out of uh, parents with school age children. And they think that we, if we do this, if we scare them, if they think that uh, they're going to send their kids to school and they're going to come back uh, a completely different person because the teacher has indoctrinated them. And that's going to scare oh, parents. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Like we're talking about yeah, we're talking about rubes here who don't really understand. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's the appeal. That's how the Republicans win because they've got this captured audience of people who are just like, sure, I guess that's true. They've had their brains not. rotted. Yeah, but yeah, their exactly. brains rotted by decades of Fox News. So, so mm-hmm. unable to kind of discern reality from truth from reality. I mean, um, fiction from reality. Yeah. Um. Well, look, mo- okay, moving on. I want to quickly discuss um, the, the piece that I wrote this week because I've been thinking about this a lot more. I wrote a piece titled Only Centrism and Guns Can Save Us. So it was quite sort of provocative. It's in the members-only section. 
Um, I hope uh, our listeners have read it. But, you know, uh, I won't go into too many details. I, I go into quite quite a lot of depth in the piece. Uh, but it's it's a thing that's being reinforced to me more and more these days that, um, you know, democracy is hanging in the balance all over the world still, right? We're, you know, if you look at what's going on in France, um, Marine Le Pen, who's a far-right kind of, you know, neo-fascist leader, is dangerously close to to. Um, I don't think she's going to win, but she's close enough that it's. God, I hope not. It's flipping scary, right? How close she is. Uh, her and Macron are facing off in the French elections, and uh, I think Macron's going to win. But you know, um, you know, we've had Donald Trump on the Republican Party, and it, it seems to me that you've got the far right and the far left. Uh, the far right is actually politic. They are actually. A violent and B organized, right? Which makes them a <clears throat> a real threat. And the far left is disorganized and not violent, which makes them kind of pretty useless. But also, I would argue quite dangerous in the fact that they the far left tends to not pay attention to the far right. If if that may, if you see what I mean, so they're more interested in fighting centrists. Right, so the far left is more interested in, in beating up on the on on the centrist. So if you look at kind of the Bernie Bros, uh, the Glenn Greenwald um, uh, type liberals, supposed liberals, and some of the identity politics militants, they're mostly obsessed with centrist liberals who are not towing the line. They're not extreme enough. So the the effect that this has i think is to distract people from the real threat which is the which is the far right the far right at least it seems to me is is the biggest threat that humanity is facing that that modern industrialized democracies are all slowly you know the, these far right movements are taking off all over the place and um it's kind of scary uh, I think the way to fight this is through centrism, right? So you've got centre-left, centre which is where I, I would say that I am, and centre-right. And alliances can be built between the centre-left and the centre-right to sort of preserve our democratic institutions. And, and when I mean centre-right now in America, I'm talking about people who I would have considered 10 years ago as being kind of fairly extreme, like Liz Cheney, for example. Uh, Liz Cheney is somebody who I disagree with on absolutely everything, other than other than the, her belief in democracy, which is like you know that I think a lot of the people on the right, <clears throat> this kind of more, the, the the traditional Republicans and more central Republicans recognise that there's an existential threat to democracy. So um, this is why Trump is so dangerous. That if you don't fight Trumpism, it doesn't matter because the whole system is the whole system, you know. Trump may vote 99% the way that you want him to vote, but is it know, worth it? Is it worth it? Is it worth blowing up the entire system to get what you want policy wise? And I, and I, and I seen, I, I, I sense that, uh, <clears throat> only, only moderates, only, only kind of political moderates and centrists seem to really understand this. And in, in America, I can't believe I'm calling Liz Cheney a, a centrist now or, or a centrist. <laughs> Like is this has the world gone crazy, right? The world has gone completely crazy where 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 this now gets to happen. But 
I'm seeing this more and more with with the the far left and the far right, uh, <clears throat> are, are are making, you know, they I think they really are destabilizing democracies around the world, and the center has to get its act together. They really do, and um, you know, like we need to kind of, you know, we've got elections coming up. Uh, you've got the midterms coming up. It looks like the Democrats are going to lose, and the far right is about to get in again. Um. And this what is could naked. possibly go wrong. Yeah. What what could possibly go wrong? So and, and the stakes, I'm not sure that people fully understand what the stakes are. The stakes are enormous. The stakes are absolutely colossal when it comes to when it comes to, you know, uh the these elections and uh, the, the the future of Europe and the future of America if if um the far right gets in. They really don't understand, and I think that like what you're seeing in in now, thank like I, don't, I say thankfully, but I think the one thing that the Russian war has done has woken up the kind of the sort of centrists, right, and liberal people who are a fan of the kind of international order, all these international organisations like you know the United Nations, NATO, the EU, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. These are organisations that exist to kind of protect the peace. And uh, keep some sort of semblance of of um, normality and some there's some there's some sort of uh, infrastructure framework to prevent us from destroying ourselves. And this framework has been built by kind of moderates, right? It's not built by the fringes. It's not built by the crazies. It's built by sensible people who understand that you need democracy, that you need international organisations to prevent the human species from destroying itself. So I'm hoping that if there's anything good that comes out of the Russia situation, that it is, it's this, that that political moderates become more radical in their moderateness. Moderatenessness. Does that make sense? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. I want to be a, like, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm a fairly radical centrist now, you know? Whereas if you're an extremist, you, to me, you can just fuck off because you're not helping anybody. You're making things worse because you're making sure you're you're inflaming the you're making sure you're giving cover to the other side. The far left gives cover to the far right. You know the 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 far right wants to destroy everything. Um, the far left doesn't care. The far left wants it to be destroyed because then they can have their sort of socialist revolution and utopia will emerge after the far right has blown everything to pieces. Right, and which has never ever happened ever ever. Right. There's no oh, history of that ever happening, but they they know this time's going to be different. Does this seem like a sort of cogent analysis? You know, am, am, am I am I off here? Yeah, yeah, no, not at all. <laughs> you're, you're, this is per, this is absolutely correct. These people are fucking the the far right is fucking crazy, and the far right the far left is fucking stupid, and they're going to get us all killed, and they're going to be like, I don't understand how this happened. It's like, no, I'm pretty sure I know exactly how it happened. <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, you know, I was in the UK and I met, I met um, quite a few sort of very far left people in the UK just by chance. And what they're obsessed with and what they seem to think about most of the time is not what, you know, it doesn't, it's not what I'm worrying about. Uh, you know, they're worrying about, they think, you know, they're very against the war in Ukraine. Um, you know, they were like um, uh, Jeremy Corbyn. So the, the the former Labour leader, the far left uh, former Labour leader, he he can't bring himself to like criticize Russia. 
which is amazing. Absolutely think, amazing. Do you know what's at stake here? Do you understand like that what what the if the international order goes, if the international order disappears, if Putin if Putin wins and reigns supreme, uh that's the end of NATO as, as a sort of functioning organization. Um you, you could see the fall of Europe, right? Putin's not, you know, I, I genuinely... Why would he stop? Yeah, why is he going to... Yeah, right, he's not going to. Of course he's not going. That's why, you know, Sweden and Finland, they're all terrified in Northern Europe. They're all absolutely petrified and, and basically desperate to join NATO now because of what's been going on. You know, so I, I, I see um, the, the far left is not fully understanding the consequences for... Uh, you know, focusing on the evils of of centrism. You know, um, the, the centrists are the only to me at least. The centrists are you know this is what preserves humanity for the next kind of hundred years at least, if we're lucky, is going to be political centrism. That's my thesis. Gee, I hope you're right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, look, moving on. I hope everybody reads my members piece. I put quite a lot of effort into that so um i i, I think i've made a, a coherent argument i go into much more detail in my, my piece so please read that time for both sides justin who have you got for us for both sides all right uh i have myself a right looney tune um hold on i gotta find the tab i have for it because i have forty thousand tabs open of course i do oh my god what did i do with her um oh Okay, so it is the lieutenant governor of Idaho, um, and she is running. Well, she's running for governor, but um, she is going to a rally with a pro-Putin conspiracy theorist. This is from Media Matters, um, who claims COVID nineteen is a is it, I, this is a, this is exactly what this says satanic snake venom. That's weird enough. But the person, this person that um, she's uh, going to be going up on stage with is Stu Peters. Stu Peters, this is again uh, Media Matters, is a white nationalist who has said that he supports Russian President Vladimir Putin, who he claims is, quote, more honest than anyone in our government um, and has claimed that Russia is, quote, the only country that is uh, that's not under the thumb of the criminal banking cabal, meaning Jews. Right, because that's always what that's always what they're talking about, mm-hmm. um, and has repeatedly called for Dr. Anthony Fauci to be executed. Now, this guy is an open white nationalist, like he's an un- unapologetic white nationalist, and she is going and campaigning with this guy, um, and and she's not apologetic about it at all. And to me, that is absolutely astonishing. I mean, it was. A couple, what was it? A month ago, that um, like three Republicans got in trouble for for going out there with like a neo-Nazi adjacent rally, and some of them kind of apologized, and Republicans kind of uh, clucked their tongues and said, "Tut tut, you shouldn't be doing that." And here we are, a, a candidate, a, a person running for governor of Idaho, is just openly campaigning with a white nationalist. They are not even ashamed of it anymore. To be just, yes, I am your racist white nationalist candidate. Vote for me. And there is literally no 
possible way that you can say, oh, yeah, the other side's just as bad. There's nothing like that. There's no. just nothing. Nothing Absolutely. even remotely like that on the other side. Nothing like it. No. Um, Bob, Bob, who have you got this week? Well, just the Republican Party in general, uh, which is gearing up, according to the New York Times, to try to steal the uh, 2024 election as well. Uh, there are plans in place for this. And in fact, they quoted this guy, Michael Luddig, who is a leading conservative lawyer, former appeals court judge. He uh, he uh, John Eastman clerked for this guy. Uh, George W. Bush considered him a nominee to be the chief justice of the United States. And even he is referring to the Republicans doing this as the clearest and most present danger to our democracy. Trump and his supporters in Congress and in the states are preparing to uh, lay the groundwork to overturn the election in 2024 were Trump or his designee to lose the vote for the presidency. And the thing I keep thinking about, and this is sort of a, a sidebar to all of this, but an important one. Bear this in mind for this year's election, the midterm election, and make sure that everyone knows that if the Democrats if, if, if the Democrats don't get enough votes and lose their majorities in Congress this year, that means there will be a Republican Congress in 2024 for that presidential election. Now, imagine the 2020 election if the Republicans had controlled the House of Representatives uh, and been able to enable Donald Trump and his big lie and his attempt to, you know, disrupt the peaceful transfer of power, his coup attempt and all the rest of it. That's what we're looking at. And these are the stakes. And God, <laughs> not to get uh, too far afield here, but we have to say that we have to start talking about the threat to American democracy, to the folks, to the people who are not really necessarily following politics on a day to day basis, because what we're seeing now is bunch of people who are going to make a decision to vote for Republicans because of temporary gas prices, temporary inflation. And in the long run, though, the problems that are going to occur as a consequence of Republican majorities are going to be far worse than any inflation or temporary gas price problem. So oh, yeah. there you go. Yeah. <laughs> yep. um, so, so, yeah, leading up. So I've got m mine is a kind of a generalist one as well. It's, it's actually Donald Trump this week. I've got uh, the head man himself, the head of the GOP himself, R R Donald Trump, who, who this week, and this, this sort of ties into my thesis on centrism, political centrism as well, and moderates that. So um, this is on the Washington Post. Former President Donald Trump on Thursday offered his most explicit statement to date that he threatened not to defend NATO allies from attacks by Russia. Appearing at an event held by the Heritage Foundation in Florida, Trump claimed he told fellow NATO leaders that he might not abide by NATO's Article 5 collective defense clause if those countries didn't pay more for the alliance. A fellow leader said, quote, um, does that mean you won't protect us in case, if we don't pay, you won't protect us from, from Russia, was the Soviet Union, but now Russia, Trump said. I said, that's exactly what it means. Trump replied that it was a negotiating tactic. Uh, and then he said, uh, he said, then why would you pay? Somebody had to say it, he said. Um, he said, he said it was amazed at the conversation. Trump said he was amazed the conversation hadn't leaked during his presidency. Hmm. Right. 
so like I think look back then it would have been everybody knew that Trump was was not down he hated NATO he wasn't a fan of NATO right and I I want to ask so there's a couple of things here right the, the the fact the first of all I've always wondered why Trump hates NATO so much okay why does he hate NATO what the fuck does Trump know about NATO anyway nothing right? he doesn't nothing. know anything about NATO he doesn't know he doesn't know he a can't even about, spell it right. <laughs> He doesn't know anything about NATO. He doesn't know what NATO does. Uh, I, so this is why I, I've always thought that, you know, him as a Russian asset, maybe willingly or unwillingly, I don't know. Um, but he seems to take incredibly pro-Kremlin views on NATO for no apparent reason, you know, for absolutely zero reason whatsoever. Uh, uh, no, number one. So uh, this also... It just shows you how, like, imagine this was being done now, right? Now knowing what Russia was capable of, what Russia was going to do to, to, to Ukraine. Think about that, right? Think about the fact that NATO, what kind of position would we be in if if, if NATO and the US was refusing to, a, for, to condemn Russia and supply arms to Ukraine and to help the Ukrainians in their, in their efforts to repel the Russians? Right, this would be, have absolutely catastrophic consequences. We'd be looking at a very different world order right now. Um, and America, outside of the international community, outside of NATO, you're talking about, you know, R Russia with a huge, huge amount of power in Eastern Europe and then and then in Europe. Um, and you just don't, I'm sorry, but you don't see this kind of nonsense on the left. You don't see left-wing liberals, um, Democrats, able to get away with anything like this. You, you know, like mm -hmm. it's it's completely shocking that this guy was allowed to almost single-handedly undo, undo NATO, undermine NATO during his presidency. I mean, he was flipping blackmailing President Zelensky. Like he literally blackmailed Zelensky, you know, um, while in office, I mean, he should have been impeached for that. Uh, I mean, he was he was impeached for it, but obviously the Republicans let him off. Um, you know, it's just I just find this stuff terrifying that that we were that close to undermining the sort of the vital military alliance that's preserving democracy around the world, that's preserving Western democracy and and supporting Ukraine in in a in a very very important battle. For the to me, it's like the future of of um the you're you're seeing two different futures of of humanity play right now. You've got Russia and you've got Ukraine, and and that's yeah. it. You support democracy or you don't. And uh, NATO defends democracy, right? That's that's one thing. And Trump was just like, yeah, you know what? But who cares? Shocking. Anyhow. Which one of them is going to make me richer? <laughs> right, which exactly, exactly. Uh, or which one has a compliment on me. Anyway, um, so we're going to head into the members section now where we're going to be discussing uh, testosterone and um, why you shouldn't nuke your balls. And what <laughs> <laughs> uh, a little bit of lightheartedness after that bleak and depressing yeah, episode. Yeah, Jesus. It, it, is a, it is a very interesting topic. Uh, Bob and I have actually been talking about it a little bit privately as well, uh, sharing a few um, a few bits of information. So we'll talk about that in the members in the members section about uh, declining testosterone in 
you know, uh, in the West at least, which is an actual, which is a real, it is actually a very serious problem, but not one, not why uh, Tucker Carlson and the right are obsessed with it. The right are using it to, um, obviously, to beat liberals to because the, they're trying to turn all your kids into hermaphrodites. Apparently, the, the, that's what the, the Democrats are trying to do. Uh, but there, there is a sort of a more interesting conversation to be had about testosterone, declining testosterone levels in men, why it is important for testosterone levels it, to have sort of good testosterone levels for men and uh, what you can actually do about it. So we're going to head into the member section now. Uh, we thank you all for listening. I hope you come and join us in the member section. You can get a uh, two-month free trial on a Banter membership. If you want to do that, you can jump in and uh, listen to the member section to the members only podcast now. And if not, follow us on Twitter. Follow us on. You can get the podcast on iTunes and on Spotify. And we will see you next week.